Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Good evening, everyone. You're tuned in to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta, your host. I'm from Single in the City Dating. And along with me is my co-host today, Dean Young from Tinder Tales. Hello. Hello. Thanks for being here today. Thank you. So we have a very interesting show for you today, which I'm sure you'll agree uh, with me after I introduce my guests. So let's get into it. So the Cannabis Act or Bill C-45 is a law that will come into effect October 17th, 2018, which will legalize recreational use of cannabis nationwide in Canada. Now, we Canadians are no stranger to the use of marijuana for recreational and medicinal purposes. However, the legislation of this drug has been an ongoing political debate dating back as early as 1923. This is a huge change for us as a society and I'm interested to know more about the effects positive or negative that marijuana has on individuals and how it will impact personal relationships in our societal structure as a whole. We have in studio with us today Mark Scott Emery joining us and Mark is known as the Prince of Pot and he's the founder of Cannabis Culture. It's a Canadian online magazine. He is also a Canadian cannabis rights activist, entrepreneur, politician and a notable advocate for international cannabis policy reform and joining us on the phone is Danielle. Hi Danielle. Hi. Danielle is a pot user as well and she's in a relationship uh, with her boyfriend. They both live together and uh, he does not smoke pop, so we're going to get her perspective as well on the show. So welcome, everybody, to the show today. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Uh, so, Mark, let's start with you. Uh, I'd like to know how you got this nickname, the Prince of Pot. Was it given to you, or was it something that you came up with? Briefly, the Seattle Post-Intelligencer gave it to me in 1996 in their newspaper when they still had a print edition. And then CNN did a special on me in 1997, and they picked up the term Prince of Pot from that newspaper. And media love alliteration, you know, Prince of Pot, Pope of Dope, or those kind of things that sound cute. Um, and CNN did a special on me in 1997. Then after that, every media has always used Prince of Pot. So that's fun. It's good to be Prince. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. So we had another guest uh, that was supposed to be scheduled on our show, and she was from a women's activist group, and she declined after she heard that you were going to be on the show. And we, uh, me and my assistant, um, Tanya, were like, why would she do that? Like, and Never turn down media. That's the first rule of all activists. But why, can't, why would she hate you so much? Or she just oh, couldn't I'm, stand being in a room I'm very with you, opinionated. And if anything, I might be considered old-fashioned. So what's wrong with that? Well, there's an anti-feminist element to my old-fashionedness. I don't necessarily regard any of this identity politics stuff going on as legitimate. All these different words for people and their gender orientation, I think it's all crazy nonsense, and it's a denial of reality. And, and a lot of these modern people, let's say modern people, um, resent that old-fashioned white dude telling them things all right. And you were saying something as we were walking in about who pays the bill and there shouldn't even well, be Well, right. A when question. you go to a restaurant, they're always asking you, is that one bill or two? And, you know, I'm a mature looking male. And if any male like me is making his female friend pay any part of their bill, that person loses my respect right then. So and that's, that, that's old fashioned, though. Right, all those but things. But a lot of people still think like that. Believe it or not, well, they should especially think like when that. dating, women should yeah. never be paying for drugs or lunch. 
trucks. Right? Trucks. <laughs> <laughs> women should be getting marijuana free as gifts. They shouldn't have to pay for any of that. What about the stigma around women smoking uh, pot? Is there a stigma? I don't I, think there is. There's Danielle, never been one saying, in my life. Danielle, you were saying something about a stigma. Uh, well, especially in media, I find that it is pretty stigmatized. For every stoner comedy, there's like five men to one woman. She's usually the girlfriend, and that's not always, like, the case, right? There's a lot of women that are really multifaceted that have um, pot as part of their routine, and it kind of goes unseen, whether they don't feel comfortable disclosing it because they feel people will judge them or just keeping that a private part of their life, so we often don't see that. There are some societal, you know, kind of feelings towards women and activism. If you're going to go to jail... Typically, people are harsher on women than men. Um, if you're a woman activist and you threaten to do something that's going to go to jail, as a would-be mother, a daughter, a wife, all these sort of things, a lot of people say, no, 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 you shouldn't do that. That will cause the family to lose face or you'll, be, uh, you'll have a difficult time in the job market if you go to jail, which wouldn't necessarily be the kind of things a male would hear if he's threatening to grow pot and grow to, go to jail. You'll notice that 99% of all the people arrested for pot growing are male. Because males tend to be the biggest growers by far, like they're numerically very. And this is true in our movement. I, I think females sometimes demand equality, but they're not going to jail in equal numbers as men. <laughs> okay, so you have a very colorful history. You've served four years of an original five-year sentence. In no, the no, I served five years less a couple of months. Okay. Don't try and But it's for off. selling <laughs> mail-ordered cannabis seeds. Yes, yeah, seeds in the mail, five years in U.S. That's prison. insane. I've been in 39 prisons and jails for pot. Uh, only six of them were in the U.S., but I've been in 33 prisons and jails for pot in Canada. I, I want to come back to this, but we need to take a break. You're listening to The Dating and Relationship Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We are back. You're tuned into the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta. My co host today is Dean Young from Tinder Tales. Hello. Hi. And in studio, we're talking to Mark Scott Emery, the Prince of Pot. And on the phone, we have Danielle, who is also a pot user, and her boyfriend is not, and they make that relationship work, and we're going to talk to her about that. So before the break, we were uh, talking about uh, Mark's jail sentence, and he was, he was telling us on break that he had a good time. I did, yes. Okay. Um, I've been in 39 prisons and jails for pot. I generally I have no bad memories of 39? Any, 39 prisons and jails for pot. 33 in Canada, 6 in the Which United States. Which one was your favorite? <laughs> Well, I spent three years in Yazoo Medium Security Prison in Mississippi, and that was a particularly uh, beautiful time. I read 150 books, which is just a beautiful experience to have the time to read 150 books. I learned to play a musical instrument and became part of a rock and roll band, which I practice on three hours every day. And it was the most beautiful experience playing all this music with geniuses who unfortunately make stupid decisions on drugs or alcohol and end up in prison. But they taught me how to play 200 songs. Um, like You probably had everyone's ultimate respect too, right? I, I did. Mean, really, I you didn't treat, do anything I got treated wrong. better than most because, first of all, TV shows I did were on all the time in my prison time on Discovery Channel and uh, and 
just various television shows, A and E and what have you. So, uh, and also, I got treated very respectfully everywhere, and I had fans in every prison too. There were people who knew my work everywhere I went, and generally, I found it a very humbling, um, rewarding experience, full of adventures, full of knowledge, full of discovery, full of humanity. A lot of things happen on a tragic basis in prison. And, you know, I'm grateful for everything. I really am. Prisons help you make you grateful for everything. At the same time, they really make you appreciate life. I I do not feel bad about any of the prisons I've been to, nor have I got a negative experience to relate to you in five. And that's a total of about six years of prisons. Wow, what a very interesting perspective. I would be pissed off sitting in that jail cell thinking I went to jail for selling seeds. Well, being angry won't help you in prison yeah, exactly. in, in any way. You need to be busy, be productive. I, I am busy everywhere I go. If I can find a book, note, paper, uh, email, uh, whatever you can access, musical instruments, uh, I'm, I'd be busy with that and enjoying myself. You know, it, to me, it's just... It was just private time. It means I can't see my friends, my family, and I'm far away from home. But it doesn't mean my brain is gone. It doesn't mean my life's goals are changing. Um, Were you married at the time? Of course, yes. Jody came and visited me 81 times in that five years. You know, I I like to point out something. It takes a whole day to visit me in the United States from Vancouver, where Jody would come and visit me. And it would take her 14 hours to get to uh, Mississippi. And it would take 14 hours to get back. So two days... Uh, out of every visit of two days, she would be traveling. So at the end of my prison term, she had spent five and a half months of her life in transit. Five and a half months just traveling to see me and five and a half more months sitting beside me in a prison room having a visit with me for six hours. She'd come and visit me for Saturday and Sunday and she would travel all Friday and all Monday to do that. And uh, she was heroic. Very interesting. Well, in a 2015 poll conducted by Forum Research, 20% of Canadians admitted to marijuana consumption within the past year, but more than 30% responded that they would use marijuana if it were legal. Now, 59% supported new laws that would legalize, regulate, and tax recreational marijuana usage. Um, Now, with this pending legalization, many doctors have voiced their concerns, um, stating that the studies show evidence that the use of cannabis can lead to mental illness, addiction, and even structural changes to the developing brain, especially when consumed at a young age. What's your take on this? Nonsense. Nonsense. First of all, most brilliant. I often start out my speeches around the world. I've been traveling in the world for a couple of years, and I point out that civilization and humanity owe Jews, homosexuals, and potheads more than any other groups in the world today for the beautiful things we have, the art, the science, the architecture, entertainment. You'll look at most everything you appreciate is done by Jews, homosexuals, or potheads. And therefore, when people say these things, and I look at Steve Jobs, who was a pothead, or Bill Gates, who was a pothead, or every major... Bill Gates was a pothead? Of course. You should see him. He looks stoned. But I think pot affects people differently, though. Yeah, but the thing is, is it does, but our geniuses are potheads in this society. Anybody who's anything musically is a pothead. Um, You look at Bob Marley, the Beatles, Led Zeppelin, Rolling Stones, uh, every jazz musician, blues musician, reggae musician, they're all informed by cannabis. And this is true with writers, film directors, architects, scientists. Um, Pot has informed so many of them. And you look at the disproportionate contributions homosexuals make um, and the disproportionate uh, 
percentage of achievements that Jews make up, considering their relatively small population on the earth for all three groups. They they produce far above their their boxing weight, as it were. So what about the studies that suggest that, you know, cannabis can lead to all these different illnesses, like mental illness, which is huge, and it's a growing problem in this country. But you know what? For example, schizophrenia has remained constant in the population since 1960, but the number of people who smoke pot is probably two, 300 times the amount of people who smoked pot in 1960. But the rate of schizophrenia in the general population is not any higher than it was in 1960. So all these people smoking pot have not caused an increase in schizophrenia or psychosis and I don't believe any of it I've watched my whole life I've been around potheads for 40 years I have been with them and I have just never and none s- of them have lost any brain cells no because cannabis wow. doesn't break down brain cells cannabis reproduces brain cells cannabis is the only substance that can act as a stem cell to replace damaged brain cells so if you drink alcohol or do things that damage your brain like sports athletics where you're getting plaque in your brain from constantly being concussed Cannabis is a lifesaver to those people because it breaks down the plaque in the brain. So I don't acknowledge that cannabis has any harms. Mark, we need to take a break. Very interesting because I don't agree with that. but uh, And I don't think the studies show that. But very interesting that uh, you stand up for it the way you do. But we need to take a break. We'll be right back. Stay tuned for the Dating and Relationship Show. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. We are back. You're tuned into the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. We have Mark Scott Emery in studio with us today, the Prince of Pot. Uh, my co-host today is Dean Young from Tinder Tales. And we have Danielle, a uh, pot smoker, over the phone. Hi, Danielle. Hi. You still there? I am. We're going to get you talking. <laughs> so uh, a lot of people would say that, you know, weed is not addicting, but I think it's completely bogus. Uh, some people are so addicted to marijuana that they need it to function. They get out of bed in the morning and they have to spark up their joint. They have to, any activity that they, they do, uh, they they have to spark up a joint. But and what's then they're the smoking 10 joints a day. But so what? By the way, I've but it's way addictive. More than that. It, well, it's addictive, but well, it, it, yeah, but addictive but is just a, a judgmental rela- term. Okay, but but if what's, you're the in a down, rela- what's the deleterious effects the, of it? The fact is, so if you're in a relationship setting, um, how is someone going to connect you on a deeper level? And a lot of people will uh, suggest that someone who is smoking pot regularly is detached from that relationship but, because now they're in a room with them, but they're not in the room with them because you know the person smoking pot is in their own little world. That is true, but that is a behavioral thing. You could be in a relationship where you're a chronic masturbator and that causes troubles in the relationship, but it's not a chemical addiction. Pot gets lumped in unfairly so with with narcotics that do have actual chemically addictive properties. So it gets lumped in with cocaine and heroin and and you know whatever pills people get addicted to, but it's not the same thing. It just gets lumped in unfairly into those categories because it has been illegal. But it alters your brain and it, it's an escape where you're just like, okay, I'm pissed off at the world. I don't want to think about it. So I'm going to go smoke a joint and everything's so going to go away. But People caffeine. abuse coffee in that way. You sound like I was in, I'm in school in 1971. <laughs> yeah. Because all, every shibboleth that's ever come up from my childhood, you've just said, right? Um, you're g- trying to escape. What's wrong with escaping? Escape is normal. That's why we read science fiction. That's why we read mystery novels. That's why we read books. That's why we go to a cinema. That's why we have sex. It's okay to escape sometimes, Mark, but not when you're escaping 
all the time. You're not facing well, reality. But who are you to say? That's so funny, right? Here you are as with time to judge other people's lives. I'm so busy in my life. I don't have time to judge other people's lives. If they're getting up late in the day, well, that's up to them. I, <laughs> why do I care? I don't care. Well, and I only care about my own life and my life of my friends yeah, and family. Yeah, but we're here to talk about people and their relationships. I'm here to talk about making sure and the first thing is we don't get arrested. Much, and how smoking too much marijuana Yeah, but it's attitudes like yours that, that you stigmatize us and cause problems for us. And you're going around saying it's an escape. It's like I'm looking at an but LSD. It is. It is propag- an escape. But regulating that by law is this babysitting that people don't need. Like what gives what gives the legal system the right to babysit people and tell them how they should live their life? And that parents you know? escape all the time from their kids. They get someone to babysit from. That's an escape. Oh God, I can't spend another minute looking after my children. I've raised <laughs> children for 20 years, so I know that feeling. And you know, people are trying to escape on holiday. They're trying to escape by watching movies. They're trying to escape their boring dull reality by smoking pot okay let's talk about marijuana use in a family setting everything we do in life is an escape from our drudgery okay so let's talk about marijuana use in a family setting Mm -hmm. so does that mean that it's going to be socially acceptable to smoke marijuana around our kids i hope so i smoke around mine i think it's so wrong why because i grew up Knowing that it was wrong. If you're smoking that's away from why, your kids, though. you're telling and them it's wrong. And that's why. You're right. So, you didn't grow up knowing it was wrong. You grew up being told it was wrong. That's right. It there's was very taboo, right? And there's, there's still, yeah. there, is, there are still a lot of people out there when it does become legal that it still will be taboo. Yeah, but that's coming from the same era where marijuana is the gateway drug to everything else. Okay, but your dad is an ad executive who comes home and drinks five glasses of vodka every day after work. How is that normal? You know, Danielle, I grew what's up your smoking t- pot with my parents. Like You did? For sure. I do At all the time age? when I see them. Well, I would bust my dad when I was in high school. I would, and he would like make up. He'd be like, "Well, I have glaucoma. Don't tell your mother." No, you don't. You're just a product of the '70s. But now I smoke pot and, with both my and parents. And that's interesting because you mm. turned out okay. Well. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't think I'd be doing Tinder Tales if I turned out okay. Uh, I don't think I'd be on this show. What? But it has nothing to do with my parents smoking Tinder pot. Tales. Is that Tinder the dating app? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, those yeah. must be some interesting tales. See, that is an escape that should be illegal more than pot, really. Danielle, what's your take on this? Uh, well, I'm kind of a happy medium between you guys. I think that obviously the fear of smoking around children is obviously like the physical harm of smoke on the lungs. So you would need mm-hmm. to be careful to remove yourself so that you weren't the harming the child physically. But in terms of the actual act of consuming cannabis, I do feel it should be treated the same way that we do treat drinking. Right. Like I have tons of friends, like even if their parents weren't alcoholics, if they go and they get blasted on the weekend and then it's like, oh, like someone had to go and shuttle us home like four times because dad couldn't drive the car home. Right. So like that's not necessarily more healthy than um, cannabis use. But you also just have to keep in mind of having these conversations with your kids and making them age appropriate. And I do think that there is harm from a young age of consuming cannabis, especially if you're smoking. So in terms of like teenagers, I do feel. Why do you feel that? Because Mark uh, said that, that, that was bogus. Too. Why do you, why do you feel that way? Because the brain is still developing, just like how drinking a lot is bad for teenagers as well in terms of brain development. Yeah, but alcohol kills brain cells. Cannabis repairs them. They're not similar. I don't know. We See, need I to think find a lot of evidence. our people get sucked into that propaganda. I don't know. Like, for me personally, I didn't smoke when I was in high school. I made that conscious decision that I didn't want to. And I'm not even really sure why. I just felt that I wouldn't have a really good 
balance with it until I was I was in university and I tried it and then I was able to make those decisions for myself. So I don't know. I the average pot smoker starts at age 14. You don't need to be smoking and that's pot. pretty young and I think most of them turned out okay. I'm not a person who believes that there's a, a, a graveyard of potheads around here who ruin their lives in their teen years because they smoke too much pot. First of all, how do they afford it? Even I can barely afford it, and I'm an, an earning adult. So how these teenagers afford to you know, blotto themselves out on pot or doing excessive amounts, um, I find that very mysterious. We need to take a break. We'll be right back. We're talking to the Prince of Pot on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we're back. You're tuned in to the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm Laura Bellotta of singleinthecity.ca. My co host today is Dean Young from Tinder Tales. Hello. We've got Danielle on the phone. She is a pot smoker and her boyfriend doesn't smoke pot. And Mark Scott Emery, the Prince of Pot, is in studio today. We're talking about the effects of consuming um, cannabis and what it may do for your relationship or do to your relationship. So, you know, now I understand how maybe smoking weed with your partner can lead to positive experiences. uh, But I think that if only one partner smokes, it can lead to a lot of relationship issues. So let's talk about the positives now. So let's look at ways that weed can improve your relationship Let's say if you both smoke together, okay? Usually that's the case. I found that when I had a drug addiction clinic, a 60-year-old person talking to people all my life, people do their sex drugs together. In other words, all couples have a preferred substance that helps lubricate their sexual activity. Most likely is alcohol. Alcohol is certainly the most common, socially acceptable one. People go on dates. People go to dinners. People have alcohol commonly in their home, in restaurants, in bars. That's their lubricant to get into a sense of intimacy. Um, With pot people, it's different. I would say pots much better as a social and sexual lubricant. First of all, we never date rape anybody when we smoke pot, right? Which alcohol people can't say. There's always a judgment problem going on with alcohol, like too much alcohol, bad judgment. You could smoke as much pot as you could consume and it's still not going to change your judgment. You don't change your morality on pot like you do on cocaine. And you're a lot more calm. You're not going to get into a bar fight. Right. Well, you're not, you're likely not going to be antagonistic anyway, um, which is another difference between alcohol and and perhaps more aggressive drugs like meth, uh, methamphetamines, which are popular with people um, in certain milieus. Uh, I would say cannabis is without question the safest, the most uh, pleasant, positive one. Um, But I'd say that you're going to have problems if both people don't smoke pot over time. Yeah. People have got to do their sex drugs together. Like it's, uh, and, uh, Chris Rock has that funny scene where he says, you can't have it like where you go to church and I'm going to smoke crack or, you know, this sort of thing, right? You've both got to be in on the same philosophical wavelength when it comes to the drugs you do and the sex you have. And the experiences that you have while you're high are more pleasurable than when you're not high. Yeah. Hot sex is great. Right. So, okay, let's talk about sex. 
Well, you have the, a lot of experience it, it, with that. It, it, it with enhance, sex, yeah. It enhances yeah, sure. your blood flow, which gets uh, erections better. So you've got blood flow going. You've got libidinous, increase in libidinous thinking. So for a male, and, you're more focused on thoughts that will lead you to an erection. And there's and, less inhibitions, right? Less inhibitions, especially if you're a little insecure with your body. I think you're more you're... aware of your partner, too. With alcohol, it's just like this blunt force sort of get it get it done and it's you know because it's such a clumsy aggressive thing by comparison danielle what's your experience i don't always smoke when i have sex it's kind of about a 50 50 thing usually when i am smoking my partner will have a few drinks so we're kind of like enjoying our own separate hobbies and we've never really had an issue of it hindering our um our sexual relationship yeah well that's good and there's nothing better than waking up on a sunday uh, morning and just laying in bed watching a movie and smoking some marijuana. Yes, <laughs> I, I'll agree. Yeah, I'm always at work on Sunday. But mornings, but nothing better than that. Uh, I, okay, that's pretty good. Though. It's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Now, how about edibles? Okay, so I have an experience with edibles. So this one time, I ate some. Somebody gave me a cookie, and I thought, okay, I'll eat it. And I ate this cookie, <laughs> and I, I had thought I had to be rushed to the emergency like I was freaking <laughs> yeah. out now I think more of this is going to start happening like how many visits are you know how many people are going to be visiting the the ER I would say less from though, eating because something. We, we have a lot more knowledge now and also in the legal environment people are going to be very careful to put dosage labels on their mm-hmm. thing and they're going to give a lot of advice uh, by the way I've been toxified 13 times in my lifetime from pot in other words I have had too much and I got really sick and normally I tell and people pot you cuz you can't I die. tell people pot is perfectly safe because it is it doesn't mean you won't get a negative reaction if you do too much though your body has a way of telling you you've done too much and that's by making you throw up to get rid of it go to the toilet get rid of it at both ends and when your body has had too much of anything it wants it out and mm-hmm. so uh sometimes during pride parades i've done lots of photographs with couples coming into my shop and i love to do a bong hit with each photograph and i end up doing too many bong hits and the next thing you know oh my god i don't feel very well i'm sweaty i'm gonna throw up i'm feeling terrible and it's always because of my own excessive indulgence and occasionally people give me like i travel the world and people give me all sorts of things and i always eat them or smoke them or whatever it is i never refuse anything whether it's ants to eat or some bizarre food (laughs) or some weird drug someone might try to poison you someday yeah they might and i've gotten sick because (laughs) of things like that but it's my rule of thumb never to really say no like the lady uh, when i'm on the road and so i've gotten sick 13 times from too much cannabis so the good news is you can't od on eating too much cannabis. no no you can't overdose that's my point we can't die no that's a fatal overdose that's a fatal overdose we we overdose all the time on food. If you have too much food and you vomit, you overdose on food. So should people go to the hospital when they're overdosing Well, that's because they're marijuana? unfamiliar. I don't go to the hospital when it happens to me because it's happened before and I'm very familiar with it. I just have to throw up until I stop throwing up and then I'll go to sleep and then the next day I'll be fine, which is the great thing about yeah. cannabis is there's no long-term damage. But you can definitely do too much, but it's a nice lesson uh, that it teaches you. Stop doing too much. You're going to throw up. You're going to feel bad. And now you've had your lesson. Go about and improve your life. Unlike alcohol, which will do permanent damage, or you'll get into a car and drive and kill yourself, or any number of things, mm-hmm. which you won't do on pot. Once you're sick with pot, you're lying down. All right. Everybody, 
It's going to start smoking pot after listening to this show. Well, well, that's not thing, necessarily like after it's... I've just told you the 13 times I got sick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, but that's just the warning. Oh, yeah. That's as bad as it can be for someone like me who consumes huge amounts of pot. Right. So you and just need to different... consume slowly. Yeah. It's right. a different overdose. You can drink too much and choke on your vomit in your sleep and that's it. And You're I definitely wouldn't be eating day. cannabis edibles without being informed as to what exactly is in them. This is the problem when kids take it out of their parents' fridge and go to school and start handing them out. They don't know what dosage it is. They don't know what body weight they're giving it to and all of a sudden all the kids are whacked out and stuff but they'll be fine at the end of the day but the problem is is that you need to be knowledgeable about these things and treat them intelligently and uh, first timers often don't do that oh we need to take a break but when we come back we're going to talk about how to uh, cope with a pot smoking partner when you don't smoke stay with us Back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for tuning in to the Dating and Relationship Show. Uh, in studio today is Mark Scott Emery, the Prince of Pot. Dean Young is my co-host. He's the Prince the of being single. <laughs> we'll find you someone. We'll find you yeah. someone. And uh, Danielle's on the phone. She's a pot smoker and her boyfriend does not smoke pot. They live together, and uh, I want to start off with you, uh, actually. So I want to discuss ways to cope with a pot-smoking partner when you don't. So how do you cope? Well, we do make sure, like, I don't smoke daily, and um, that's for lots of reasons. You know, I'm busy. I have things to do. But what if you did smoke daily? Would that be an issue? Uh, If it was all day, every day, probably. But just like if he was drinking all day, every day, we'd also have a problem. But would you notice the difference? For example, if he drank all day long, he'd be drunk. But if you smoke pot all day long, how would he know? How would you change? See, I smoke pot all day long and it doesn't, knowing, no one ever says, man, you're different after you've smoked nine joints. No, I'm not. I'm just the same as I always am. So that's the contrast between alcohol. Somebody drank all day, they'd be drunk. Because again, we're getting back into escaping. Sometimes people smoke and they like to escape into their own little world. And when you're with, when you have a partner and especially if their love language is, is, um, you know, spending quality time with you and they feel like you're always on your phone or playing your video game or, you know, out in space somewhere, then that's going to cause riff and a conflict in your relationship. Right. But those are, I mean, I don't think we can so blame maybe pot it doesn't, for people on their But phones. it doesn't affect you the way it might affect other people. Because I've seen potheads and I see the way they act and they're sometimes they're lazy. They don't, you know. Well, where are you when you're seeing them like that, by the way? Well, just growing up. Just, oh, just okay. hanging out with people. Mm. I see the way they, they're eating. They've got the munchies. You should never <laughs> use teenagers as a litmus yeah. test for But you're behavior. thinking of like stock characters in your old neighborhood. Well, but Lazy like, George always was eating yes. chips and smoking pot. But when they're smoking it, like <laughs> I've been around people who roll these joints that are huge and then they end up smoking the whole thing. And then yeah. what are you going to do after that? You're just going to lay around, you're going to eat. So if you're in a relationship... Gonna sex, going to eat, going to watch Well, some videos. of them don't want to even have sex. I also know people that do that and they don't want to have sex. Well, that is a problem for sure. They're in relationships and they yes, don't want to have sex? Yes, that's right. Oh, okay. Well, if you well, are in a relationship with someone who doesn't want to have sex... They're in a relationship with marijuana or pot yeah. or whatever. Okay, Danielle, keep going, wow. please. Hmm? Oh, okay, yeah. Well, <laughs> Poor Danielle. It's a personal choice that I don't smoke every day and... Um, 
I think if I did, I don't know. Like, as long as it was in the evenings, if it wasn't every day, I drive a lot of places, so I can't be smoking during the day. But um, Aren't you a better driver, think... though, like I am when you smoke pot? I think I've never uh, smoked... pot people are better drivers than normal. You're very attentive to what's going on the road. You drive below the speed limit. You're very cognizant. You never pass. You're yeah. never in a rush. Put that nice tape on there. You listen to the music. It's so uh, such a beautiful privacy space. Yeah. You're listening to The Dating and Relationship Show. We'll be right back. Listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You're tuned into the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta. My co host today is Dean Young from Tinder Tales. Hello. Hi. And in studio, we're talking to Mark Scott Emery, the Prince of Pot. And on the phone, we have Danielle explaining to us how you keep your relationship together. We kind of have our own hobbies, you know, that's his video game time, that's my time to relax, and we just, uh, we make it work, it's not usually an issue. Yeah, so I think it's important to respect each other's space, right? And avoid smoking in closed spaces, avoid lighting up in the house, don't force someone to Avoid lighting up in the house? Yeah. What's up with that? Oh, come on. Well, especially if your partner doesn't smoke, you have to respect them. Get him a little filter for his face or uh, something. And you don't want to force anybody to quit. They're just going to do it behind your back or they might just Listen, if you're a pot smoker and you're smoking inside like all of us do, and you've got someone who doesn't like that, then you've got a problem. That's not that's not sustainable. Yeah. I mean, and pot smoke isn't like tobacco smoke. Pot smoke is not inherently bad for you like tobacco smoke is. Tobacco is nothing redeeming for it. It's pure addiction. It's got tar. It's got millions of additives. It's very bad when it's burned. It le- releases benzene. None of that's true with pot. Really? Then yeah. how come people hack up uh, a lung after smoking pot yeah, sometimes? Yeah, but the, the, the evidence is when they die, their lungs are clean. <laughs> Mm, I don't agree with this stuff that you're saying. I think it's bad for your lungs. You're like one, you're like a self-loathing pothead. No, but it's true. <laughs> yeah. I think it's bad for your lungs. And when you smoke uh, for a period of time, you your lungs get irritated just like you would be smoking um, cigarettes. No, it yes. is not like you would be smoking cigarettes. Nicotine is a vasoconstrictor. It tightens up the blood vessels, arteries, and veins that carry blood and oxygen. And that's why if you even chew tobacco, you'll get cancer of the mouth. Cannabis works in the exact opposite. It's a vasodilator. It opens up arteries and veins to more blood, more oxygen, and therefore more health. That's why we don't get cancer. That's why we don't get lung cancer from smoking pot. That's why we don't have diseases related to cannabis that are serious. There's nobody dying from pot. Nobody. No just, matter how much smoke you have in your bong. Like me, I must have smoked 25,000 joints, 100,000 bong hits. I'm still walking and talking at age 60 and boinking, um, right? So I'm, keep, keep, I'm keeping the plaque out of my veins and out of my brains with this cannabis, right? And keeping the libido high. Yes. Uh, Dean, what were you going to say? Well, I mean, I think uh, what you're talking about, too, like how do you cohabitate with somebody who's a habitual pot smoker and stuff like that? That's also just lifestyle incompatibilities, too. Yeah. You know, and you tr- can just as easily ha- be in a relationship with somebody whose hobbies or whose personal beliefs directly conflict with yours, and that eventually won't work either, right? I mean, you've got to be and, together on lots of things. You've got to have the same religion, too. Yeah. I don't know anybody that says, I'm a devout Catholic, and somebody says, I'm an atheist, and they live together. Or, you know, I'm in Scientology, and I'm, you know, 
you basically have to be simpatico on a lot of these key fundamental philosophical things, you know, drugs, uh, possibly even food. Yeah. If you don't eat the same foods together, you're going to you're going to be isolated and lonely a lot. And you so, want to spend time together uh with your partner when you're not high uh because being, you know, around someone that's constantly high is completely annoying. Who are these people you know that are constantly high? Like a lot of people. There are a lot of people who out there that, that are constantly high. Danielle, do you know people that are constantly high? Um, I mean constant is a strong term, but yeah. most well, growing up, I've known a lot of people who smoke a lot of marijuana, and I, I, it's a problem. Yeah, and I think oh, in no, any wait, relationship... No, I take it back. I do know someone. Thank you. <laughs> I think I went on tour with him. It's the same person. <laughs> it's the same person? Yeah. Well, what, what are the problems, by the way? I, I, just don't, I just don't get what the problems would be if you smoke pot all day. You know what? We've actually run out of time. What? We're going to have to have you cliches, back on. Right? Yeah. We've, we've, we're going to have to have you back on to discuss uh, maybe on October 17th, 2018. Um, so thank you, Mark, uh, Scott <laughs> Emery, welcome. for coming in today. Thank you, Danielle, thank for you. sharing your stories with us. Thank you, Dean from Tinder Tales. Mark, where can people get a hold of you? Oh, I'm on all social so media platforms, too. So. Yeah, yeah, by all <laughs> means. I like that because uh, my wife, especially Jody Emery, has collects studies, beautiful uh, scientific uh, peer-reviewed studies that show p- cannabis is safe for driving, safe for sex. Safe, safe for, for driving uh, now. I drive all the time stoned, and I've never well, had an accident. Well, guess what? You are going to get arrested, sir. I can't we've wait gotta because go. I'm going to go. challenge that in court. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Ciao for now.